Welcome to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. We're your hosts, Tim and Ruth Olson, licensed marriage and family therapists and trauma experts. We provide wisdom for personal growth and healthy relationships. Stick with us and you'll gain practical tools and insights that will help you be a healthier and happier you. Hey guys, welcome back to Mr. and Mrs. Therapy podcast. We're so glad that you're here with us today. We're currently in a series on embracing life's challenges. And what we've talked about so far is the first step really is awareness and how important that is so that we know what we're even dealing with. And in the last episode, we talked about the role of acceptance. And we explained that acceptance doesn't mean resignation. Instead, it's really about acknowledging reality without judgment and really coming to the place of, okay, this is what it is and this is where I'm at. And then once we reach that point of acceptance, it really is a launching point now we can really make steps to change. And in today's episode, we're gonna talk about the power of perspective and how perspective can significantly influence how we perceive and we respond to life's challenges. Before we jump fully into today's episode, if you have a couple seconds, we would love if you would take the time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps to get our message out there to others who need it. All right, now let's talk about the power of perspective. I think the power of perspective is a very interesting thing because you'll have your initial thoughts about how something is going to play out and what's the direction that these course of events are going to end up taking. But then once you get to the other side of it, you can have a dramatically different view of it. And there's a parable that I really like that I think really illustrates this point. A lot of you may have heard this, uh, but this may be new to some of you. But there's this parable about a Chinese farmer. And so I'm going to go through that now. Once upon a time, there was an old farmer who worked his crops for many years. One day, his horse ran away. Upon hearing the news, the neighbors came to visit. Such bad luck, they said sympathetically. Maybe, said the farmer. The next morning, the horse returned, bringing with it three other wild horses. What great luck, the neighbors exclaimed. Maybe, replied the old man. The following day, his son tried to ride one of the untamed horses, was thrown off, and broke his leg. Once again, the neighbors came to offer their sympathy on his misfortune. Maybe, answered the farmer. The day after that, military officers came to the village to draft young men into the army to fight a war. Seeing that the son's leg was broken, they passed him by. The neighbors congratulated the farmer on how well things had turned out. Maybe, said the farmer. And this whole idea is that things in the moment may seem to be a good or a bad outcome, but you don't really know what the ending conclusion of that thing is going to be until after you have allowed some time to go by. And it can be really hard not to, in the moment, judge whether something's good or bad, but having this understanding of how perspective can dramatically shift how you view things when you're faced with life's challenges, that if you take some time and think, well, in a few months or in a few years, I might have a very different perspective on this. Right. And I think a lot of things kind of require this wait and see perspective, right? Just like in that story, he's wise enough to know that not everything that seems good or bad is always that. And I think as a Christian, I can definitely see this in the providence of God, right? Knowing that when things happen, I can still trust in him no matter what. And we've had many times in our life where something looked bad and it looked like it was very unfavorable, but God knew, right? And many times those things that we thought weren't good or were misfortune really turned out to be God's hand in it. Oh, for sure. I have a perfect example of when this happened in my life, but then it had far-reaching positive outcomes. But in the moment, 
it was very hard to see that there's any practical good outcome that could come from that. So when I was younger, I was about 12, my family and I, we were going to this church in Illinois, and the youth pastor had just started talking about mission trips and going down to Mexico to build houses for needy families. And I was on board. I wanted to go. I wanted to serve God. I wanted to help out these people who basically had nothing to try to give them something a little more substantive to live in, a little more protection and kind of a crime-ridden area. And I was very excited about this prospect of serving God. And so I signed up to go on this mission trip. So by the time I ended up going on the mission trip, I was about 13 and I was going with my church, but my parents weren't coming and we were going to be spending a week in Mexico building this house. So, you know, my mom being very caring, packed up all the supplies for me to make sure that I'm going to have a good experience, gave me my medications and things like that, sunscreen, all this stuff. And so I go out there and and we pitch camp because we're actually camping in tents while we're doing the work down there. Also, just so you know, this is in the middle of July, so it's hot as heck and there's no air conditioning because we're camping. So I'm down there and I'm trying to take my medications I'm supposed to be taking. I put on and lather up sunscreen to make sure I don't burn and stuff like that. And already we're just pitching camp and I ended up with a pretty bad sunburn. And again, it's Mexico, the middle of July. It's like 100 degrees outside. Now I have a sunburn on top of that. And I've got another five days that I'm going to be down there. And this burn was so bad, like people actually cut holes in their socks and douse them with ice water and aloe vera. And I would put my hands in it like gloves just to kind of give me some level of relief. And I remember sitting there thinking, God, why would you let this happen? I came down here to serve you. It didn't feel fair to me. I'm trying to do a nice thing and then I get hurt, right? And so in the moment, I was feeling like the saying, no good deed goes unpunished kind of a thing. Now, in my limited perspective in that moment, what I was thinking seemed reasonable or seemed fair. But as I continue the story, you'll see that many more benefits ended up coming out of that burn than the drawbacks that came from that burn. Now, the reason why I got burned, even though I put my sunscreen on, I believe it was like 50 plus sunscreen block, is I was taking a medication called tetracycline. And if you've ever heard of that medication, it was an acne medication I was taking when I was younger. The tetracycline has a side effect of making you photosensitive. And so it made my skin sensitive to the sun, even though I had sunscreen on. So basically it was like I wasn't wearing sunscreen at all, or it might have even been worse than not wearing sunscreen at all. Now, when I'm down here, my parents aren't there. I have nobody to take care of me except for the people that I went to church with. And so then they really helped me out. I really felt the community and support there. But I was basically useless on this trip because I was so badly burned. And I remember that being down there and being taken care of did end up putting a little bit of a chip on my shoulder. So I, in what some people might think is an insane perspective, chose to go down again the next year because I wanted to show I can work, I can be helpful, <laughs> I'm not just dead weight here. And so I went down again. Now at this point, I'm sure my mom was concerned for my safety. And so she and my dad ended up deciding that he would go with me the next year, probably to watch over me, make sure that I'm going to be okay and nothing bad's going to happen to me. And so while I was down there, you know, I worked really hard because I almost had this feeling or desire that I wanted to make up for what happened the year before. And so I was just down there working hard and then we'd come back and we'd tell the family stories and my younger sister was kind of chomping at the bit and she was wanting to go, but she was too young to go yet. And so she had to wait another couple of years till she could go. And so me and my dad went a couple more years and then finally my sister could go. So then it was me, my dad and my sister going and we went down there and we did it for a number of years together. 
So I think it was somewhere in the nature of my seventh year going down there that then my older brother and my mom decided to go. And so then they ended up going on the mission trip. So me and my entire family are now going on these mission trips to build houses. And that started my family towards going to mission trips. And then that caused my mom to then start going to another or different mission trip where she went to this other mission trip. It's called RFKC or Royal Family Kids Camp. And it's a camp that we put on for foster kids and we give them a summer camp. We do archery and crafts and things like that. And we try to take these kids who've been through a really rough time. We we try to show them just love and compassion and healthy relational dynamics and things like that. Now, if I'm honest, this was not something I was terribly interested in doing. However, I had met and started dating a lovely young lady named Ruth. And so Ruth was really interested and she wanted to go. And so kind of because she was interested and wanted to go and I was really interested in her, I was more interested in going. So we end up going on this trip for the summer camp and it's a good experience. And so we had met a group of people on this trip who were kind of looking for Christian mentorship slash leadership. And that was not necessarily something that Ruth and I were seeking out or looking to find, but then we got to know them a little bit. So we kind of saw an area of need. We're kind of interested in helping out if we could. And then they asked us if we could lead a Bible study with them. So it was a group of about 10 people who were about four or five years younger than us. And so we were a little bit older, a little bit more experienced in life, not very experienced in life at that point, but we're a little more experienced in life. And so we agreed. We said, yeah, we'd be happy to mentor you and we'll lead this Bible study with you guys. Gosh, and I'm a mess over here as he's telling this story because, because this Bible study group has been such a blessing in our life. And more than anything we could have asked or imagined for our family and God's providence and his care and guidance. You know, all the way back to when Tim was 13, he would never have foreseen that this really bad sunburn could have led to so many blessings in our life. And it's hard to even express fully what this group means to us. You know, they've been there for us and our family and through every one of our kids' births. And the Lord allowed us to kind of always be one step ahead of them. So when we first met them, we were engaged and everyone in the group was single. And then we got married and a couple of them had started dating. Then we had our first daughter and a lot of them started getting married. And I cannot tell you what a blessing it was to have these men and women really pour into our lives, but even more so to pour into our kids' lives. And they were phenomenal with our kids. And so we started having more kids and, you know, some of them remained single and some of them were getting married and then they started having children of their own. And this group wasn't a Bible study where we would just meet weekly and then see them at the next meeting, but they really became our family and we lived life together. Early on when none of us had kids, we would stay up till the wee hours of the morning. Oh, like three o'clock in the morning sometimes and (laughs) we'd meet like three to four times a week. Yeah, we just really wanted to be together, you know, and things changed as everyone started getting older, having careers and families. But this bond and this group of people really was truly such a godsend to us. And they're really our best friends. And now they're even our kids' best friends. And so just going back to the power of perspective, really for Tim and I as Christians, as we face life's challenges, Our main perspective is that God is in control and we're trusting in him and his goodness. And it doesn't mean that life is going to be easy. And we know that God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. 
And so that really helps us with our perspective. And it's actually really interesting because in order to make all these connections, I had to start by stopping and looking back at these uncomfortable events, but then following it forward to see what is the ending conclusion of it. And I remember at one point I would tell this story about the beginning of the burn and then all the way through to my family going on mission trips. The positive effects continued to compound as life continued to go on, where then it caused us to have this additional connection that we made through this Bible study that we were leading that ended up breeding a whole lot more benefit. So when you're in the midst of these difficult experiences in your life, taking some time and thinking about how, okay, right now this feels nothing but objectively bad, but then understanding like, hey, when my perspective shifts in months or maybe even possibly years, this thing might end up breeding something good, even though it's very tough or difficult right now. So I want to give a real life practical example that I'm sure will make some people squirm when they hear this. And I want to preface this by saying definitely I'm not endorsing this. So this is never something I would prescribe, even though it may have a good outcome in the end because it is very damaging. But to understand that this perspective can alter how you initially engage into something. But having the understanding when your perspective is shift over the course of time can help you to view very difficult or seemingly hopeless situations in a much better light. A good example of how perspective can dramatically shift things are affairs. I think on the face, affairs are objectively awful things. It hurts people. There's a lot of damaging and wounding that takes place. And in the perspective, when you're sitting at the beginning of finding out about an affair, there's nothing but pain and suffering that comes from that. And I think even to the point where people identify and see that there's no hope past this affair. There's no fixing it or reclaiming this relationship after that. But actually, when people fight through that and they work past all of the damage that's been done in an affair, one of the very interesting things, and especially if you're at the beginning stages of this, you're going to find this basically impossible to believe what I'm about to say, but that people on the other side of affairs, when they've worked through it, not just suffered through it, but worked through it and tried to make the necessary changes in order to get the relationship healthy, a lot of times they end up being some of the strongest couples around. And the reason why is because when you've gone through an affair, it creates so many emotional triggers and causes any type of unhealthy or dysfunctional aspect of the relationship to be absolutely 100% distasteful to the person who was cheated on, that it causes them to stay in therapy and continue working and continue researching what are good, healthy communication tools, what are good, healthy relational things. And whenever the couple starts to veer away from that, the alarm bells start going off, and then they immediately start working at getting back to this healthy path. And so in the beginning perspective, this idea of an affair, right, obviously, like I said at the beginning, it is objectively bad. But then at the other side, I've had people who have basically said not that they're thankful for the affair, but they're thankful for what the end result of the affair brought, which is a healthier relationship that they never would have gotten to without some type of awful catalyst driving them that direction. Oh, for sure. And I've heard a lot of times that there's a depth to that relationship that they hadn't experienced before. And there's a lot more discussion and conversation that is very intentional that wasn't there before. And that's kind of what you're talking about, those tools that they are now very intentionally putting in place because they don't want to go through that again. So really, just to recap, we say it every week at the end, right? Your mind is a powerful thing, but it is so very powerful. And the power of perspective and what we're talking about today really can significantly influence how we take on the challenges that come at us. So thank you for listening in on today's episode. 
I definitely did not know that I was going to have such a hard time making it through this episode, but I truly do feel so blessed. And you know, when you look back at it, it started in adversity. And so we hope that you really take what you heard today and that you recognize the power of your mind and the power of perspective and that it gives you hope in your adversity. So tune in next time as we continue in this series of Embracing Life's Challenges. Have a great day and remember, your mind is a powerful thing. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Mr. and Mrs. Therapy. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it helpful, we'd love for you to take some time and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. If you have a question or topic you'd like discussed in future episodes, visit our Facebook group, Mr. and Mrs. Therapy Podcast, and let us know. Disclaimer, although we are mental health providers, this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to provide diagnosis or treatment. Please seek professional help if you're struggling with persistent mental health issues, chronic marital issues, or call the National Suicide Hotline at 988 if you are contemplating suicide.